This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. If I were you, you'd be me too. I'd love to be one of your koi Jews. Checking my pants to see if there's poo. Dude, wash them. It's J. Crew. Rap was crap, beat was fine. If I were you, then you would be mine. So insecure about writing this song. If you know the next lyrics, then sing along. Math. Ha. Math was crap. If you want to know why, then steal a hen. Learning shit is for nerds and jocks. Don't believe me? Ask my uncle. Green, blue, brown, and red. Go to school and you'll regret. I got 99 problems and a bitch. Eight one. Yes, dude. Oh, man, that really brings me back. <laughs> That was Jordan Boatman, I want to say. Oh, Boatman. Uh, or a boating man. Uh, him and his buddy, Kier, K-E-I-R, I believe. Kier, Sebastian, Sebastian Kier. I don't know. Jordan Boatman and Sebastian Kier uh, made that song for us. Hope you have as much fun listening to this as me and my buddy did making it, they say. Oh, that's nice that they had fun. Uh, that rap, if you weren't familiar, is from a Jake and Amir video. That's why it sounded so bad. Right. <laughs> I remember being so embarrassed to say that rap, rhyme in, in, the, in, in the office. Yeah, but I kind of remember that too. <laughs> math, ha, math was crap. <laughs> if you know why, then steal a hen. <laughs> it, I remember it being sort of hard, but also really fun to write such a bad... Yeah. Um, on my proudest is, if you want to know why, ask my uncle. <laughs> it's such an ugly, ugly sounding word. I hated yelling it in the, in the office. Yeah, at a certain point, like I think I, I remember the uh, the Facebook video we did where you're yelling about Mark Zuckerberg stealing your identity and stuff. Oh, Zark Fuckerberg, yeah, Zark like, freaking Dinkenberg. Yeah, you get really, really high and nasally and angry and paranoid, and people just like just shaking their heads. You know, yeah, you could really tell when people were like fed up with us. It's funny the be- fifth take of that because we were laughing too hard. <laughs> it's sad because. Or the ironic thing is, I should say, that uh, my character was supposed to annoy you. And in so doing, I became that character. to Like, we both became that character yeah, to, everyone. to everyone else in the office. So everyone else was the Jake character. And me and you were the Amir. Because we wrote and were yeah. laughing and giggling. And about we how- always thought we were so funny, <laughs> just like Amir. <laughs> uh, how, how annoying. Like, let's see how loud and annoying we can make your character be. But I was actually <laughs> screaming... 
in the uh, the real office where people were trying to work. Yeah, it was a good time. I can't believe times were simpler. Yeah, everyone there is gone now. Everyone's dead. That's crazy. Yeah. What an insane thing that happened. A meteor struck the IAC building. Yeah. Um, it was even meteor than that. What is the It's J Crew from? What's that? Oh, it's J Crew. I remember oh, telling like, you, stop shaking your like change your pants. Oh, yeah. so I'm like they're J Crew. <laughs> I tell you to throw the pants away. <laughs> you say they're from J Crew, <laughs> which is funny because they make reasonably <laughs> priced pants. You could. It's not like they were so expensive. Yeah, fifty nine dollars. I think I was saying like, uh, why would I throw them away? They're well made pants. <laughs> yeah. Even though we had to, we had to destroy a pair by. I think uh, squeezing a chocolate milkshake through a hole in it. <laughs> Another funny thing about those, the shit-stained khakis joke that kept on re- re-coming up, and I kept on saying, like, why won't you throw those away? It was partly because you actually didn't throw them away. Yeah, they, they were just, just props. the props that you left <laughs> under your desk. I actually did shit them. Art imitating, fart imitating life. Very uh, nice. This is If I Were You, the only advice podcast on the internet. I'm Fife. And I'm Wrinkle. <laughs> what? <laughs> wrinkle and Fife. <laughs> it's the new bar down the street. It's a very hip, trendy. It's not an oyster bar. It's a mollusk bar. Mm, I so like that. yeah, Wrinkle and Fife. You can get mollusks and uh, palm frites <laughs> and walnuts that are so raw and organic you can't even eat them. And a Belgian wheat ale. <laughs> <laughs> a Belgian wheat egg. <laughs> Uh, what is this show? It's an advice podcast. People will email us uh, their sticky situations. They're in difficult places in their lives, seeking our guidance, our wisdom. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. We're smart. Uh, they want to know what we would do in that situation. And why do people listen to it? Great question. Uh, Jake's really fucking funny, I guess. <laughs> oh, all right. No, Thank it's you, obvious bro. that there's only one fucking reason. We're both, we both are comedians. Yeah, we're both comedians. Only one of us gets head. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. But you know you're getting blown on the rag. <laughs> on the rag. What is it? Blown on the rag. Every girl that blows me is on her period. <laughs> what a weird thing to want. Uh, this is our first episode back from NZ, New Zealand. Yeah, dude. We yes. went to a magical fantasy land. Uh, we, went we went to, to an adventure to, island. To Middle Earth. Two islands, actually. The North and the South. New Zealand is a country we only sort of tangentially knew about. You know, roses from there. We have some uh, some ideas about what New Zealand would be. I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings, so it was very nice for me to be there. Yeah, but to actually be there was kind of kind of crazy. It was like an entire nation filled with really happy, really adventurous uh, locals and tourists. Yeah, the expats in New Zealand are pretty interesting. Yeah, it's... there was a, the, in Queenstown, it was like everybody we spoke to had an accent, but not a New Zealand accent. It was yeah. like Australian or I, I met, uh, English. Le- I think I met more people from Ireland and England and Australia in New Zealand. Right, or I'm, South Africa. Yeah, I mean, anybody with cool accents just goes to New Zealand. I almost feel like it's um, <coughs> the rest of the world's Hawaii. Oh where yeah, people just sort of like go for, or they, yeah, they go for like some kind of adventurous escape in a beautiful remote place, and then they just decide to never leave. But you know, the elitist American in me, whenever I spoke to someone, I couldn't quite tell right away if they were like British or Irish or Scottish or South African or Australian. Oh yeah, me either. I, I asked every single person with a silly accent. <laughs> 
uh, where in New Zealand yeah. they were from. Why don't you talk normal? Where are you from? What weirdo place are you from? Yeah, I think maybe I started saying, like, where are you from originally? But people always were like, Dublin. But to them, th- we they knew the difference. It's- so why is, is it, like, all different because they're all the same different and to us? Or if you're from Ireland and you listen to an American and a British person, that also sounds the same because it's not an Irish accent. Kind of Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm being Do you understand now. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd, Do you get it? Yeah. Do you understand the question, let me though? Can I actually can I let me start? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but do you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Well, why do in you terms feel... of color, in are terms... we blue and everyone else is an orange, a yeah. different shade of orange? And I'm like, I can't tell the oranges apart. Why are you apart? so hell-bent on deciding if I know what you mean before you'll even <laughs> let, me know, let me respond? I just don't want you to respond in vain. <laughs> what I don't a want waste... you to respond in a way that makes me feel like I wasn't heard. What a waste of effort that would be. Uh, it seems like there's different deviations of it, right? Like we American accents deviate really far from British ones, but maybe Irish ones don't deviate so far from them. Yeah. Uh, then maybe that's a small-minded way of thinking, which is totally possible because I do have a small mind. <laughs> As an American. Or is it like an American and a Canadian accent? Those are like so similar, you oh, can't yeah. really tell them apart. There you go. That's true. That's basically true. You need to hear them speak for a lot, yeah. a lot longer. I remember asking somebody, are you from... England and she's like I'm obviously from Australia can't you tell if I have an accent and I was like well what about my accent and she's like you were born in Israel you moved to Encina when you were two it's insane and I'm like how that. did you possibly and I realized uh, she was a, a huge fan huge fan yeah she had my <laughs> she Wikipedia read, she page, wrote her Wikipedia, Wikipedia. <laughs> remember when we were drunk trying to get into a bar and the guy asked for our passports and we only had our driver's license yeah and I was so drunk that I pulled up your Wikipedia page. Yeah. And I said, look, this says that he's 30. By the way, you have to be 18 or over. So you had to think we were 17 or under, <laughs> which is already absurd. And I'm like, look, his Wikipedia page says 30. You can't edit that. He's like, actually, you can. That's the point of Wikipedia, <laughs> that anybody can edit it. Good point, sir. I will go home. Yeah. I still was drunk enough to do that. Um, but beside that, New Zealand was insane. Just, I'm not talking about nightlife. I'm talking about... Uh, the death-defying stuff we did. Yeah. And, oh, man, like the fucking, the epic beauty of New, New Zealand. Yeah. Gorgeous. I, I thought we'd spend most of our times in cities, but we were actually all over the place. No. I Yeah, it's almost, it's kind of, it seemed to me like Iceland met Australia or something. Right. It seemed very remote and isolated. Like and sometimes we would like, get out of our car and just stand on the side of a road for 10 minutes and nothing, nothing happened. Nothing would happen. And, but then it's also like, uh geographically and geologically kind of insane right uh stuff that you would never see like lakes that were so blue that didn't really make sense they look like they were photoshopped and then this is the other the last uh thing that i will say about it well no it's not but anyway uh we when we went to australia we like flew around the world but we like planned it for months right for new zealand we got our ticket like basically 48 hours before we left Mm -hmm. we weren't 100 percent sure that we were even going (laughs) right it was a very last minute uh spontaneous trip yeah it was and all of a sudden we were just like popping an ambient on a plane and waking up (laughs) on the other side of what seemed like the galaxy yeah and uh shout out to air new zealand for bringing us yeah gracias what a what a comfortable ride it was indeed indeed especially with that sky couch which is three seats turned into a couch on an airplane yeah look it up (laughs) but uh and then yeah once we were there we were like the uh the skywalk is fucking yeah where you walk across you walk around the outside of the tallest tower in the southern hemisphere 
Uh, I think it was like 650 feet up. I really did not think I was going to be afraid of that. And then that was the scariest thing that we did to me. But was it scarier than the swing? Yes. We were, this whole trip was leading up to on the last day, we would either do a swing, which is the world's largest swing, which is a 200 foot free fall, followed by a 300 meter swing, or uh, the Nevis bungee. Nevis bungee, which is the second largest bungee in the world, which is, I think, what was it? Like a uh, 500 feet free fall to your seeming death. And then you get yanked back up by the rope. Right. So the swing seemed at least easier because you don't have to physically jump. Plus we were attached to each other. So it's like, at least I'm going through it t- with you. Right. And then, so I got in my mind, oh, the swing is easy. It's no big deal. We get on the bus to go to the swing and I'm like, I'm sitting by myself, just staring out, and they, like it gets more and more remote. We start going more and more off-road. We start climbing higher and higher. Yeah. And I like had this nervous energy. And then I like I tried to, I'm like, all right, let me like overpower what I'm feeling. Why am I scared? What is the fear? And I became like, I tried to reach this like level of zen where I was like, I'm going to, like, no one gets killed doing this specific swing. So I'm going to survive. So it really doesn't matter if I'm on the bus on a, on a, like on the ground flying in an airplane or falling on a swing or jumping on a bungee it's all just different states of what my body is and if i survive then it doesn't matter if i'm falling or rising or sleeping it's all the same me so i'm like i'm cool i'm calm <laughs> this is fine i can do the swing i can do the bungee i'm just gonna jump and i'm gonna survive and it'll be fine there's nothing to be nervous about mm-hmm. then we got there and i'm like i don't want to do the fucking bungee for <laughs> sure i looked at videos of people jumping they basically you stand on the side of a gondola like a cable car like a ski lift so facing straight down a thousand feet over like a rocky crevasse uh and then you leap i'm like all right i can't do that i'm yeah. too scared and <laughs> we decided to do the swing that we walk out there and, and it's not like America where you have to sign so many waivers and like they give you a brief and this do this do that right we get there all right put on these harnesses all right they start raising I was like wait is this hat are we doing and he's like oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're doing it right, right. now like we were testing it out or something <laughs> right and it's just like all of a sudden we were dangling over the cravat <laughs> yeah uh, and this guy uh god I think his name was James uh he's holding a clicker and that clicker decides whether we fall when we fall. Right. Uh, so he's he's sort of tormenting us as we dangle over the edge. Yeah. Because he's he wants to fuck us up. Like, when do you guys want to drop? And then he looks at me. He's like, "You're a prankster, right?" And I'm just like, "Just this is the most nervous I'll be." And then you go, "Just drop us now, three, two, one." And he didn't do it. Right. And then he's like, "Now?" And then he fucking pressed it. I see. I thought that he did. He was like, when do you want me to drop you? And I, and I was like, let's like, and I said like, let's count down three, two, one. And like, I wasn't saying like three, two, one, drop. Like that was, was the like, countdown. It was a you suggestion. You wanted him to count it down. I was like, let's do three, two, one. And in my head, as soon as he heard one, he pressed the button. <laughs> you can see the video on my Instagram and on our Facebook page. Oh God. Nervously smiling for a minute and a half while we dangle over the edge. Yeah. But I see like that's, I was like happy, nervous. It, that one felt like a roller coaster. Right. When I was on top of the sky tower, I <laughs> I was like, just, I was miserable. I was, <laughs> you wanted the ride to end. Yeah. Because the swing happens instantly and it's over in 10 right. seconds. And this entire time, you're just like walking on like a two and a half foot long sidewalk thing around a, a sheer drop. <laughs> and one of the challenges that they make you do is stand on the edge and look down. Right. And the other, I mean, like, I, I, every time I was standing still, my knees were trembling. So I like really felt like off balance. Like I was, and a gust of wind could just pick me up and hurl me off. 
And I knew I wasn't going to fall, but I just didn't want to fucking <laughs> die. Deal with it a little bit. And the entire, you like do a lap around the whole thing, but it lasts 15 minutes. So, so we would walk and I would feel good when we were walking. If we could have just got out and walked around, I would have been fine because my adrenaline would have been pumping. Right. But it, it basically like, it it let me settle and just be fucking horrified. <laughs> and you never reach the relief because you just walk around and it's the same level of scare. Yeah. Either way, we want to go back to New Zealand in the, their summer. Maybe when we go back to Australia in our winter, their right. summer, we can turn it, parlay it into a longer New Zealand trip. Yeah, because we've met a lot of cool people in Auckland and Christchurch and Queenstown, and we want to go back and do a show. Oh, that would be really fun. Hell yeah. Actually, our first question is from somebody from Australia. Oh, there you go. So if we can have an Australian lady's name, I can read this email. Australian lady's name. Nicole Kidman? She's Australian. Yeah. Nicole Kidman writes, I'm a young lady from Australia seeking advice in regards to a situation I am in or to just or just to listen to uh, in an answerless discussion from a couple of unbiased individuals. We could do that. Yep. <coughs> so a couple weeks ago, I slept with a mate. A few days later, I and a few other friends crashed at his house after a party or something, and he slept with one of my other mates. And the next day, I found out they had slept together a few times. That's all good. I'm not annoyed, and neither of them... Uh, would be bothered that we've slept with a guy. However, about a week later, I was out partying, and the guy was there being pretty flirty, so I was going to stay at his again to probably do the sex. We stayed out a bit longer, and my friend uh, and my friend he slept with the previous week showed up, and then all of a sudden, a few others went back to his house. He was still flirting with me and would do so every often, take me aside and ask me to stay in his bed that night. I would have liked to, but I said, nah, because the other girl was there and I didn't want to make a weird situation out of both of us being there. Later in the night, the girl was saying she was going to crash in the guy's bed, but I guess the guy had said, nah, she is, pointing to me. So the girl there was like, oh yeah, we can all sleep together, nothing cheeky, we can just cuddle. Either way, knowing we'd both slept with the same guy made me adamantly decline because that would be super awkward. I was clearly not chill with the idea of all of us in the same bed, and the guy assured me that it was all good, and he just wanted me in the bed. With my ego full from attention, I ended up in his bed. We didn't get straight into any action, which is good, because a few minutes later, our friend jumps in the bed with us. I didn't do anything about it except roll my eyes super hard and silently resent the dude a little. But when I realized he was trying to cop a feel from both of us, I was like, nah, I'm Audi 5000, and I made up an excuse to leave and went to sleep in the other room. Shortly after, the dude comes back to apologize for, quote, being a dick and said he'd quit the funny business and goes on a little rant about how he doesn't even want the other girl there and she should leave. Like, I get not wanting to actually ask someone to leave, but obviously I didn't buy it because he didn't really have to be fondling her boobies if he didn't want her to be there. Anyway... We stayed outside for a bit to chat, and he was being nice and funny and seemed genuine about not being a dick with us uh, all in bed anymore. So we went back to his room, and what do you know, he gets straight back into the funny business. But I had to get up for work soon, so I wasn't there for long. 
Side note, I ended up staying at their house longer because I hated my job and ended quitting. Anyway, we all laughed about it in the morning with some friendly mockery of each other. Oh, and I slept with him in the morning too. It just ended up happening. Then I found out that I slept with him right after he had slept with our other friend, like literally 20 minutes after. And I found out because he had said, how did the other girl's vagina taste after we did it? Great. Like, on one hand, I'm like, who cares? It's sex. Have fun. Life is meaningless. But on the other hand, I can't help but cringe thinking about him boning people I know so soon before and after. It's like some weird friendship sex roster that rotates until he comes. And that doesn't sound very feminist. I guess I'm asking if I should have sex with him again or now. Like, I think I want to have sex with him again, but am I just going to feel super uncomfortable about it and not enjoy it? I don't know, man. Life is hard. Life, th- Love the show. Cheers, Nicole Kidman. Wow. Okay, a lot to digest there. <laughs> you got the gist? I got more than the gist. A drunken guy is trying to have a threes. Yeah. Uh... And then the best he can get is some sort of uh, staggered threesome where he has sex with two ladies but 30 minutes apart. Right. I guess, first of all, the, uh, the, the first girl, it sounds like she was down to have the threesome. Oh, yeah. Because she like comes into the bed and is getting fondled and yeah. like, not moving. She's down. He's down. This email writer, not down. What I don't understand is... This guy, is he, like, the hottest, coolest dude in the world? Because his behavior, to me, is, uh, it makes, I mean, clearly the answer is nah. He's, uh, he's, he seems deplorable, but she keeps giving him a second chance. Yeah, he's, well, I mean, he's had, like, in this story alone, I think he had 48 chances and also fucked everybody. Yeah, <laughs> multiple so, times. Then he also bragged about it to the girl that he fucked, and right. now he wants... How does her vagina taste is like uh, nah forever. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's like, I might as well keep doing it. And what I... Part of me is like, hey, if you're... If she's feeling this casual about sex, then more power to you, like as long as you really don't care. But she does say that she can't help but cringe, and she does... It sounds like she's a little upset... And she has enough of a sense of self-worth to get out of the bed in the first place when he's being shady. So I don't know why she goes back the second time It sounds and like she- sleeps with him in the morning and is now considering sleeping with him again. Well, there's two types of walking away. There's walking away being having your mind decided. And then there's walking away hoping the other person will chase and beg you to come back. And then when they do, you're like, all right, fine. It's like uh, when you break up with someone, is it for real or is it you want, you're just saying that's because you want them to fight for you. It sounds like this girl is still attracted to the guy, so much so that he can disrespect her a good amount of times and she's still down to cuddle. You know what? I've decided I'm, this is my, uh, the end theory is uh, this guy is not worth it. I I think sometimes people think that there's not that many people in the world and they're like oh this guy's really cute and i like having sex with him and sure he 
tried to force himself into a threesome twice, made me feel very uncomfortable, had sex with somebody else, and then immediately fucked me and then teased me about it. Uh, but, you know, like, it's still, he's still super charming and he still, like, makes me feel good. And the like, the truth is, there's guys that are charming and make you feel good and aren't deplorable pieces of shit. Yeah. So find that guy. Or at the at the very least, find someone who's, a little bit less of a horrendous person. Right. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on record and say that this guy is fully horrendous. Yeah, I think that 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 philosophy is especially true if you're a lady. Lady seems to have more options to sex than guys do. Mm-hmm. So if you're a lady and this guy is willing to give it up, I bet you can find a lot of guys that are nicer than this guy who is willing to have sex with you. Yeah, and start telling all of your friends uh, the shitty, gross things that he did, and maybe that will make him uh, ostracized and uh, teased out of your community of friends, and he'll have to change his ways. Oh yeah, if anything, do it. Think of it as doing him a favor, favor, because <clears throat> then when you tell him, "Oh, I'm not going to sleep with you again because you did something really bad," maybe he'll actually learn his lesson. But if you sleep with him, then he'll be like, "Oh, great." Time to keep acting like an asshole to other people. Yeah. Doesn't really phase me in any way. I'm still hooking up with babes. So that's uh, the positive reinforcement I need to keep going. Uh, you want to break that cycle of behavior. So you're helping yourself, but you're also helping him. You are an Oprah of yourself. Who, me? <laughs> uh, no, her. <laughs> I've never been called an Oprah. That's kind of cool. It's kind of like a billionaire, wise little... Um, talk show uh, hero of sorts. Yeah, I no. guess I am an Oprah. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> you get a compliment. You get a compliment. I'm not talking you about you. Get... What's You're that? You're not Oprah. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Amir Shmuel Blumenfeld. <laughs> Ricky fucking Lake. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we're about the halfway point. Let's take a break now. Uh, thank a few more sponsors. Then we'll be right back with more If I Was Ye. We're changing the name of the show, If I Was Ye. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. 
HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Thank you to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of our show. Indeed. Indeed. Simply put, it's the easiest way to create a professional-looking website. Couldn't agree more, bud. That's it. Yeah. That's the tweet. <laughs> um, no, they do have a lot more than that. It's uh, right. it's a, it's they have twenty four seven award winning customer support. They have very simple drag and drop technology. You can code, you can design mm-hmm. a professional looking website without knowing much about how the internet works. You can sell. You can launch and sell product from Squarespace. Yes. That's right. You can even purchase a domain name through Squarespace. For example, Jake, what can people purchase? Boneheader.com boneheader it's like interesting that's pretty good yeah yeah it's like if you're a boneheaded person but you're doing a boneheader of move you know what i mean what about fitnessnah.com so it's sort of like a relaxation technique mm-hmm. slash way to say damn the man with regards yeah. to fitness it's a movement about not going to the gym Fitness. It's nah. a it's an anti movement, really. Oh, it's that's a non movement movement. A, is anti movement yeah. one? Anti movement. Uh, I'll like have it to be. check it out later. Actually, let me look right now. Anti movement.com is not available. Don't yeah. buy that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. But so it's fitness more of a fitness nah. <laughs> Yeah. It's more of a yeah. fitness nah thing. Yeah. Uh, Squarespace AI also is a great way to kickstart or update written content on any website. They can generate instant personalized results. That know and show your brand identity. Pretty cool there too. Incredible. So the way to get in on this action and uh, launch your own website soon enough Mm -hmm. is to go to squarespace.com slash segments. Segments. And when you're ready to launch, you use that coupon code segments at checkout to save 10% off their already low, low prices. Beautiful. Again, Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash segments to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Squarespace. And we're back. Um, How's your back? That's <laughs> <laughs> actually, I injured it. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've, yeah, I, I've got a couple maladies these days. <laughs> for example, my back hurts. In addition to that. I have a finger injury. And furthermore, I actually have a sliver in my right hand that I can't get out. Additionally, um, my heel. Your heel still hurts. My heel hurts, yeah. And lastly, um, not, that's it. My heart. <laughs> uh, arrhythmia and a, co- a lingering cough. Um, my oh, I guess yeah. I have a little bit of uh, that, like <laughs> yeah, the phlegm thing. In my you have nose. strep nose, yeah, which strep was nose. not even nasal scoliosis. Yeah, I and the heart thing is really more of a, I feel dejected <laughs> and sad about my failing body, and also I, I do have a heart murmur. <laughs> <laughs> it's always murmuring. Yeah. Oh, it's literally murmuring English. My heart, yeah, it murmurs to me. It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It used to whisper words of encouragement. (laughs) And now, discouragement. Mm -hmm. Uh, My heart often discourages me. (laughs) I wanted to talk about a new HeadGum podcast. Super excited about uh, bringing on, it's not out yet, or at least the second season isn't out yet. Yeah. The show is called My Dad Wrote a Porno. And I know some of you know about this show already, but some of you don't. 
Uh, it was a huge hit in the UK and uh, in America as well. Hundreds of thousands of listeners, actually. Yeah, I believe over a million listeners. We're very proud to have the show on our network. This is a, uh, a it's a big show. one. It's, it's a, a marquee, marquee show, frankly. <laughs> it's a marquee. It's a tent pole. It is a flagpole. We're the opening act, is what I'm trying to say. Jake and Amir <laughs> open for my dad wrote a porno, uh, and the podcast is about. Uh, uh, this, this, these, uh, I'll say this, uh, Jamie, uh, who lives in uh, England, uh, discovered that his dad wrote a dirty book. Right. And thankfully, he, he uh, asked upon his friends, James and Alice, uh, Alice, who's part of BBC Radio over there, uh, they read through the entire first series, season, as they say, uh, was them reading the book chapter by chapter, stopping, pausing to make fun of it because it's absurd. It's insane. <laughs> and the way they make fun of it is very, very funny. Uh, so the first season is available right now. It already came out last winter. Uh, and it was such a hit that they're bringing it back for a second season. And that second season is going to be on HeadGum. Hell yes. So you could actually... Uh, you can listen to their last episode that they just posted, which is a best of, just to get you hooked. But you really ought to like go back and listen to the whole thing. Listen to the first season, and that'll get you ready for season two. We're like telling you about Breaking Bad in season two, right? Like, right, and you can listen to it and catch up. And uh, there's still time. Don't let it. Yeah, they're gonna leave you in the dust. And we are going to be playing a three to five, let's say, minute highlight uh, of that best of book one at the end of this episode. So if you don't want to subscribe yeah, and go there, our word for it. All you have to do is continue listening to the end of this episode, and we're gonna uh, give you a sample, a taste of my dad wrote a porno. Uh, we assume you'll like what you hear. We assume you'll want to hear more. Uh, please do check them out. Please do uh, listen to them. Uh, we think it's really great, and we're excited for season two, which comes out uh, on the 4th of July. Fuck yeah. Ironically enough, Independence Day. The day we, we stole ourselves from them is the day they released their second season. What oh. a slap in the face that is. They For them own to, us now. They steal our, their, that day back. These, That's our day. These red coats. For them. <laughs> Uh, so once again, very excited for Jamie, James, and Alice to be joining. My dad wrote a porno. We should have him on our podcast. Maybe when we go to London, uh, we can finally get to meet them in person. That's what's up, folks. We come to London. Uh, it's not It's not often that uh, we become fans of a show that we eventually incorporate onto HeadGum. So do support the network and check them out. We think you'll really like it, too. Uh, so that's going to happen at the end of this episode. We should say that we do also have many shows coming up, one of which is in Los Angeles, one of which might already be sold out in Los Angeles. It's oh, a yeah. 21 and over show at a bar. And it's it's small. Yeah, it's, there's only 100 seats. That's an intimate shit right there. That is really intimate. It's going to be an intimate show. It's at Resident. Uh, we're going to put the URL on com. Hopefully there are still tickets available to that. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, uh, Monday, June uh, 12th, uh, there will be... Uh, tickets available finally for our shows in London or sorry Dublin Dublin part, yeah London the, is available we're part of the Dublin Comedy Festival on July 27th 28th 29th or maybe 28th 29th 30th I thought 28th 29th 30th unless oh, 30 what's the last day of whatever fuck it we'll, it'll, it'll, it'll be online yeah it'll be online fuck it we'll do it online right. uh, and then we're gonna be doing one show in London one show in the in all of England which is gonna be uh, in London on Tuesday, August 2nd, over halfway towards a sellout there. Not a lot of tickets left, uh, so snag them while you can. That one's going to be the opposite of our L.A. show. It's going to be a big freaking party. It's going to be a big deal. 
it's actually a really big deal. It's our 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 re our not our homecoming because we're not from there, but uh. What's it called when you go back to a place? Our triumphant return. Yeah, <laughs> a triumphant return. So Los Angeles, Dublin, and London. Uh, we'll read live shows. Tickets available still uh, at fireyshow.com. All right. You want to answer some more cues? Yes, I'm ready. Me twos. Uh, this time, baby, it'll be Bully Crew. I quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bully Crew writes, uh, I'll be starting my sophomore year at college where my girlfriend and I attend. We love each other and will do anything for each other. I have one problem, though. I don't know how to please her. She has done everything to please me, even the really kinky fetish stuff. Face sitting, smothering, asphyxiation, etc. We're very open to what we like, and that's why I don't. Is that all one thing? <laughs> Sat on my face, smothered me, and asphyxiated me. Yeah, it seems like it's all part of the same family. <laughs> anyway. uh, we're very open to what we like, and that's why I don't know how to please her, because she doesn't even know. I feel bad because I know what I like, but she doesn't know what gets her off. We have no friends who have experience with this because we go to a Christian school and everyone here is a prude. Even though my girlfriend and I are saving ourselves from marriage, we are open and like to experiment in getting each other off. Since I'm uneducated on what can get her off, what are things to help her find what she likes without intercourse? I want our sensual sessions to be equally focused on each other instead of just me. Huge fan. Thanks for answering. Bully Prue. Bully. Prue. Oh, my God. Where were you? Uh, so, in the eyes of the Lord. God. Yeah. God, our, our, our Lord and Savior. That's right. Um, uh, you can't fuck. The Almighty. He doesn't want two people fucking before marriage. That's However, right. she can sit on his face That's and fine. choke him. Heaven and is good. Yep, him. still into the pearly oh, gates. Any kinky, wacky, crazy yes, shit. Welcome to kingdom come, baby. I don't think that that's how religion works. Isn't it like, if you're really religious, don't they <coughs> say like you're not even supposed to like do shit to each other's asses? It's all about like just fucking to procreate? I think at one point in Deuteronomy or something, they they say that face-sitting and smothering is okay. Really? But you can't do anal or or pussy stuff is what the <laughs> quote is from the Bible. Yes. Uh, I, I think it was it Moses. John. Yeah. <laughs> who said, uh, and he begat Matthew, mm-hmm. and he begat Josiah, who sat on Ruth's right. face, who smothered Ruth's butthole, uh, yes, but did not do, yes. quote, pussy stuff to her, for he was allowed into the, the heavenly gates after he had passed. Right. Now, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, I think that um, there is uh, the uh, Abraham, Isaac, I, I, Isaac, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, Jacob, yeah. my namesake. That's right. It was Jacob had a brother named Esau. Right. Yeah. And this is where it came, because I think... Uh, Esau's wife <laughs> sat on Jacob's face. Right. I remember and, that. But it wasn't uh he didn't cover covet his neighbor's wife because they didn't actually fuck. It right. was just sat on his it face. It was just like <laughs> face yeah. sitting. <laughs> that is true. That is what Esau's wife did. Uh what Esau was really Abel? got <laughs> There's a lot of Jacobs in the world, not a lot of Esau's. Sounds like Esau got the short end of the stick name wise. Yeah. 
when you have a Jacob. And also, well, story-wise, too, Esau, like, uh, got the <laughs> shit end of the deal, I think. Yeah. There was something about blindness, something about yeah, stew. Yeah, it was, like, the father... Uh, dressed was, up. Yeah, yeah, because, like, Esau was, like, the big, strong one, and he right. was, like gonna bless Esau before he died but the father was blind or something so oh, the yeah. mother like covered Jacob's arms in like uh, bear skin <laughs> wow and, like Esau you're so strong and wise and, yeah that's and right the, it's me Esau and then the dad sat on his face <laughs> Isaac that was yeah and then you know he was about to sit on his face and God said no don't You've already proven that you're going to sacrifice your one and only true child to me right. so then by God, sitting on his face. And then I think God sat on <laughs> Abraham's son. There was a lot of face sitting in the in the Old Testament. That's what Numbers was about. It goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Right. Numbers refers to the amount of times that God sat on Esau's yeah. face. And if you think about it, like it, we're it's it's all monotheism. So like if I don't know if you've read the the Quran, at all. I have. Yeah, I you, have, read, you the have Quran. read the Quran. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Prophet Muhammad. Yeah. Uh, let's stop right there with this. Um, I just think that like there is no God, and you can fuck <laughs> your girlfriend. <laughs> I'm okay, sorry. That's one way to think of it. Let's just let's just if we're already experimenting to the point of you guys uh choking each other, <laughs> your parents would honestly rather you fuck than uh die of asphyxiation. Mother, worry not, for I only choked her and sat on her face. You god, man, like did you try going down on her? I I hate to ask like the easy question, but did you try fingering her and going down on her, or is that also like massaging her clit or something? Or is that also against the God thing? Or was it all just her sitting on your face (laughs) and choking you? Yeah, maybe when she's sitting on your face, you can yes, like squeeze your nose in there, so it's almost like you're fucking her a little bit. Try or dry hump. You could dry hump. Oh yeah, just just rubbing genitals over pants. Yeah. As long as, like, is masturbation cool? Mutual masturbation is definitely a thing. Is it still dry humping if you ejaculate? I think it is because, like, the moisture, the the wet humping isn't like, oh, people coming. It's, it's like, the bodily fluids actually exchanging. exchanging. Yeah. So underwear humping, ejaculating, but within the underwear it's is dry, dry humping. I would call it dry humping even if there is, if, like, I was naked and I was, like, grinding against somebody. And then you ejaculate? Yeah, because if we're not going, if we're not like, there's not actual penetration. I would think naked is not. It's a what do you call that then? Sex moist humping. Yeah, there's dry humping. Good luck moist. with that, bro. <laughs> Go, yeah, good luck with uh, messaging your Tinder dates. Hey, you want a moist hump? Well, that's my bio. I don't have to message them. All right, that's actually pretty chill. Yeah, <laughs> how do you spell moist? Because <laughs> I don't want French people to read it as moi. <laughs> uh where were we oh right vilifying religion Mm -hmm. back at it again (laughs) with the nihilism Uh, yeah we don't know what they're doing um i feel weird telling you to go against your faith but at the same time it seems like you're, you're you're finding loopholes in the bible maybe there's one that allows you to fuck with a condom on yeah, come on. Oh, I didn't touch her. I was touching this rubber for he was only, I can I can fuck a tire, can't I? I know. That, like, when I was growing up, there was, like, religious kids that, that like, at least said they were fucking in the ass <laughs> because it's like, oh, you can't uh, 
have se- like it's not sex i'm still a virgin because i only had anal right like huh i don't think religion's working on you then <laughs> You're, you're not actually gonna, very pious, are you? Yeah. Whatever gets you to think you're still going to go to heaven is fine, I feel like. Like, the whole point, it seems, is, like, to get you to be a good person. Yeah, but, like, gee, as long as you're pretty good, like, what, are you really going to go to hell with, like, the murderers and the rapists and you're, like, and the killers are all like, oh, what did you do? And you're like, oh, I actually had premarital <laughs> sex with my girlfriend. Punches him in the face. Welcome to hell. This is hell for me, most of all. <laughs> all right, fine. I also shoplifted. That's why I'm here. Christ. Uh, if God's real, and I don't think he is, but if, or he, or she, by the by. Thank you. Uh, Hashtag if, I'm with God. If God's real, and I met God, and he or she was like, you're actually, you didn't really believe in me, so you're going to go to hell, I would feel like you know what, fuck you, bro, because I didn't do, or bra, because uh, I did not do that. A bra is how you say to a female? I don't know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to hell for this? <laughs> Just tell me if I deserve hell or not. Yeah, all right, on we go. Let's answer one last question, because we only answered one before the break. Uh, dude from Toronto writes, T-dot. T-dot Drake writes, me and my girlfriend of two years are huge fans of your videos. Uh, the situation is that my girlfriend and I were hanging out watching Game of Thrones when we realized it was really late. Unfortunately, she lives a good 15 minutes away. So our two, uh, so at 2 a.m. with work in the morning, we were in a little bit of a hurry to get out the door from her house. During this time, I needed to use the washroom badly. Locking the door and walking away from the house, I knew that this wouldn't be possible to make it uh, there and back without using the washroom. So I told her to go to the car, and I ran out to the side of the house to pee really quick. This is where the problem began. Now, this will sound like the most insignificant of things, because after two years, we're basically an old married couple, and we're super open about everything and don't hold back our issues. She ran out to see why I went to the side of the house. I yelled that I needed to be to pee, and she then began to freak out, swearing and ranting about how people don't pee outside. We're not animals. This fight turned into an argument that spanned to 40 minutes of yelling until she finally got out of my car to go inside. Now, the first thing people will say is that maybe she thinks it's unsanitary to pee without washing your hands, but completely not the issue here. I had hand sanitizer. She is simply disgusted (laughs) at the fact that I did it outside and swears she knows not one single person who has ever peed outside, for if she finds out, they would, quote, not be friends with them anymore. Meanwhile, her close guy friends, yes, more than one, months earlier thought it would be fun to pee in her sink, yet she found no issue with this sick joke. Was I wrong to have peed outside? How is this more disgusting than what her friends did? How would you guys, uh, have you guys ever peed outside before? Does she have a right to be mad at me? Shine some light on this so she can see it's not as bad as she made it out to be. Or to pee. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Um, I think it's kind of lame that this dude just has hand sanitizer on him. Yeah. That's my biggest problem with it. What, he has Purell uh, in his wallet? Or like maybe in his <laughs> like car. A if it's in his pack. car, actually, that's fine. Yeah, that's a really actually a cool move. That's actually pretty move. good. Yeah, like if, in the glove compartment to have like a I was going to say the center console. Yeah, the center console. Like the the center, yeah, the center console. Right <laughs> yeah, we were going to try to come up with a different name for it. Yeah, the center glove <laughs> compartment. <laughs> um, Where do you keep your gloves when you're driving? 
Do you keep it in I, the glove compartment? No, because sometimes when I really <laughs> want my gloves, I I don't want to like you know reach too far over. Yeah. So my gloves are just in a small glove box <laughs> under my seat. Oh, so you have a glove box, and then you have yeah. a glove compartment as well. Well, I have extra gloves in there. So you have two pairs of gloves, four gloves. No, well the back, my back seat is um, just filled is, with gloves. Well, it? it's it's um it's like a Rubbermaid, you know, like a big <laughs> oh, sort of storage too. container, but yeah, it's filled, filled with, with gloves. gloves. Yeah, it's gloves and other like <laughs> mitten type deals. Yeah. A lot of your, how many racing gloves do you think you have? 2,000. Two th- <laughs> oh my God. That's you, so like, awesome. I don't, are you talking about individual pair, like pairs or individual gloves? There's 4,000 gl- loose gloves, <laughs> but they all have a, they all have a mate. Right. Of course. So you have 2,000 <laughs> pairs of gloves in your car at all times. Yeah. And your car, by the way, I saw it. It looks like the hamburger helper logo. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's a giant glove mobile. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My God, you love gloves. And you glove loves. Love, 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 love. love. Uh, Let's go question by question. Sure. Was I wrong to have peed outside? Yeah, it's disgusting. (laughs) Uh, Is this more disgusting than what our friends did? No, they peed into a drain at least. Have you guys ever peed outside before? Absolutely not. That's disgusting. (laughs) You're lying about every single one of these answers. Does she have the right to be mad at me? Of course she does. (laughs) You behaved in a foul, vile way. This is insane. You urinate. I see every day when we leave the house, you stop outside on our way down to urinate outside. You leave the home. You're closer to a toilet indoors, mm-hmm. and you start peeing off off the side of our stairs. Yeah, I've seen you pee outside. Even when we're home, you walk outside to pee because you don't want to go up to your room. You'll treat the entire earth like your own toilet. Mm-hmm. And for you to say... That, That's a fair I, point. That's a fair point. <laughs> was I wrong what? to have feet outside? You said yes. Yeah. What do you think about when you do it? Constantly. I would say you pee outside more than you pee inside. Uh, that's you fair. fetishize it. I pee outside at least twice a day on right. the way to work and on and on the way home. You prefer it to a toilet. Oh, actually, seems. if we're watching TV, I'll pee outside. Right. I, you walk out oh, to pee. Yeah. I don't pee inside. I, I pee inside very infrequently. So what is what's that about? Um, you just I, don't care. Yeah, and I think this guy should have a higher standard for himself. <laughs> so you're saying do as do <laughs> as I animal? do say not as I no, do. I'm just, I mean, yeah, of course. I pee outside more than more than inside. That's correct. Yeah. Um, it's there's nothing disgusting about it at all. It's a little weird to pee outside a lot. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's definitely not bad what he did to do it once. But the fact that you pee outside, like you'll you'll pee outside. I prefer it. I you, prefer. Yeah, you're outside. inside the house and you walk out to pee. Yeah, I would say that's rare. <laughs> that's definitely not, that's abnormal. Right. But the, when I'm watching TV, the bathroom outside is closer than the one inside. I'll tell you why I don't pee outside as much as I, you do. Right. Uh, there's a lot of splashback, and when it diminishes, when you're done with it, it'll it lands in between your shoes. I don't know where that pee is going. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more pee on your well, shoes. No, I pee off a ledge. <clears throat> There's huh? no sp- there's I pee off a ledge. Yeah, but then outside. it trickle when you're done, it trickles all the way down and it goes inching closer and closer to you. I pee no, I pee off the ledge and completely outside. I see you outside on the bricks peeing onto a bush. Yeah. You don't think any of it is splashing? You don't think you're getting any particles of pee pee on you? I don't think I'm getting much more than people that go to a toilet. But you are getting a little bit more. I don't think I'm getting No, I don't I don't <laughs> think I'm getting I don't think I'm getting more you because I don't think you, I don't think pee-pee? I don't think that you uh, pee a hundred percent into the bowl when you go. Well, I, I'm that's why I'm a fifty percent sitter. Yeah, well, I think I have a bigger <laughs> problem with you sitting down to piss. <laughs> 
I'm dunking it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not risking a layup. <laughs> You're the only person that describes sitting to pee as a slam dunk. <laughs> it's absolutely a slam dunk. <laughs> the coolest thing you can do. It's a, and I often do a reverse windmill tomahawk dunk. Uh, yeah, you could like AC Slater to the toilet. And that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> Eat a sandwich on the septic tank. Uh, is this more disgusting than what her friends did? No, peeing in a sink. I think is worse than peeing outside. Definitely, because you don't have to like wash your dishes in the bush that you peed in. Right. Which, by the way, you do. Yeah, I wash yeah. the. Well, I pee into the. I pee on the dishes. <laughs> have you guys ever peed outside before? Yeah, we both have. Uh, does she have the right to be mad at me? Mm, that's an even. That's a more holistic question. Uh, she. I don't think. I mean, everyone has a right to kind of do whatever they want, as long as it's not really hurting. Yeah, anyone. she has a right to be mad, just as you have a right to pee outside. Right. Does she have like a really? strong claim a like case in the court of public opinion yeah. i imagine that most people listening to this show are going to side with this gentleman uh-huh uh i think what you guys could do is ask you know a group of your friends what they think and That's i right. think 20 let's say 20 friends yeah and if 15 of them should side with you, then that's considered a, a vocal majority mm -hmm. and you get to win. And what is that victory? She creates a turkey lasagna dinner for you. And you get to pee on it. <laughs> and if you should lose, five out of 20 agree with you, 15 of 20 agree with her, then you have to eat cereal out of a toilet bowl because mm. you lost. Okay. And, and so it is written. I I feel like setting up these like kind of interesting stakes, or that's gonna more like deviate the the opinion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like some people will say they want to see a meat cereal out of a toilet bowl, so they'll just say something that they don't necessarily. Yeah, ideally, you want to ask people that don't know about the stakes. Yeah. This is like a, a silent bet you make with your loved one. Oh, I see. Uh, all right, cool. That's our opinion. I don't know. You want you want it to hear from us? We don't think it's that weird. That's that's the. We that's think it's weird answer. that she. I think it's weird that she got that mad. A forty minute arguing argument for peeing outside. Yeah, I don't know where that. That seems like it started somewhere. Like there was a basis for her to be that uh, perturbed or freaked out by it. Mm, that's interesting. I wonder if she has any older brothers. Seems like she has a younger sister. Does she <laughs> have a younger sister? Let us know. Uh, all right, that's it. That's the episode. Thank you to anyone, everybody who's listening. Thank you to anybody oh, who's written right in. quick, speaking of thank yous. We honestly don't have time for this. Uh, the I, opening theme song was written hey, by Jordan Boatman. This I just closing thank, one Jesus, was written dude, by M-O-U. My boy. -Z. My boy. No, I'm going to cut hey, you off. I'm going to cut your camera. It's about Lonely and Horny. Oh, well, I'm listening. <laughs> our boy, his name is Yugi. So you know he means business. You. I mean, why? U-G-I. <laughs> uh, Yugi. He uh, translated all of Lonely and Horny uh, to Portuguese. Holy shit. So I wonder how, because I'm the only one that I am, gets translated to Portuguese. Me too. We can find out. So any Brazilian fans or Portuguese fans? There are 270 <clears throat> million people uh, who speak Portuguese. Brazil, Portugal, Angola... Uh, now all of those people can enjoy the series. I don't know how we get the word to them because we don't speak Portuguese. But anybody out there that is uh, that speaks Portuguese, tweet in Portuguese that Lonely and Horny is now. I think. Oh, by the way, I I know that uh, you done it. Them. I don't entirely know that Vimeo has <laughs> implemented it, but they're working on it now. All right, cool. Uh, anyway, I want to thank Yugi and give a shout out to his Instagram. Oh, which is at yugi at his name Yugi. And I actually follow it, and he's got... Wait, like, his Instagram is just Y-U-G-I? He's got like 170,000 followers or something. Really? 
His Instagram is actually dope. He's like, uh, he's a photographer. I think he's from Brazil. Jesus, look at that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yugi. An easy way to remember is how to spell his name. You say, why you? Gee, I don't know. <laughs> but you get rid of that last part. Right. So you get, why you? Gee, I don't know. And then you've already spelled it right there. Everybody forgot it now. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in Brazil. Damn, dude. 122,000 followers. Thanks, Yugs. Uh, and thanks you guys. Thanks you gee, and thanks you guys. It's just a little audio joke for you guys. I uh, liked it. The opening theme song again was written by Jordan Bootman and friend, uh, and this closing one is written by Michael Mootsoris. Uh, but his sa- but his moniker is Moots. M O U T Z. Go to SoundCloud.com/slash Moots. Moots, baby. Uh, we'll be back. Very soon, a week away. Uh, again, stick around after the theme song for a taste, a little, a little amuse bouche. Uh, what's the name of the chocolate they give you with a receipt at really nice restaurants? Um, a chocolate. Yeah. State. Uh, is it a, uh, <laughs> um, a chocolate. A it's- truffle. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little truffle treat <laughs> at the end of this episode, which is uh, taste a sample of my dad wrote a porno. Uh, our newest HeadGum podcast. New season coming July 4th. And we'll be back next week. Later, guys. Belinda blinked. It wasn't a dream. The job interviewer had just asked her to remove her jacket and silk blouse. What a great dream that would be. (laughs) The managing director across the desk, who had innocently brought her through from reception, smiled and nodded at her. Slowly, with the hint of a tease, Belinda removed the two garments. Her black brassiere was doing overtime to contain her full breasts. (laughs) Okay, right. Um, Let's let's, pause for thought. Let's stop there. Why is she wearing an ill-fitting bra? I don't think that it's ill-fitting so much as her breasts are so ginormous that it's it's working hard to contain them. It's working hard, though. It's not failing. It's in overtime. <laughs> I've got this image... <laughs> I've just got this image of them kind of, I don't know, spilling out kind of muffin-top top situation. Yeah. Bulging. Also love the use of brassiere, because bra, not as sexy as brassiere. I mean, to me, so far, nothing's been sexy, but... Um... What are you talking about? She blinked right at the beginning. (laughs) Her black brassiere was doing overtime to contain her full breasts. She had worn this one for today, as it was tight-fitting on purpose. She never thought it would be exposed in such a simple way. Pause. Um, So, (laughs) it's been exposed in a simple way. The only way to expose something, by taking Taking away the thing that has concealed it until now. I mean, I think maybe he's getting at the fact that, you know, it wasn't an elaborate situation that got rid of the garment. She was asked to do it. She did it. It was simple. She's just sat there in a bra. This is just bizarre. The MD got up and took her blouse and jacket. 
He hung them onto one of two elegant wooden coat racks in the corner and sat back down. What next, Belinda thought. The interviewer resumed his questioning of her CV and after about five minutes asked her to remove her knee-length skirt. (laughs) Belinda stood up, removed the offending garment and passed it with some surprise to the MD. Surprise! She's removed everything else. Why is she not questioning any of this? Why is she not... The offending garment. She's got a skirt on. Underneath, she was wearing a skimpy black thong and sexy black stockings, which she didn't apologise for. (laughs) The number of times I've felt the need to apologise, and I just haven't, about my skimpy underwear. After all, she was an upmarket woman. I mean, we've established this. (laughs) Every upmarket woman removes all of of her clothes in a job interview. Belinda has class, that's what we're getting She does, she's a classy lady. She sat down again and crossed her long legs. She knew they looked good. But she really felt she wanted to keep her private pussy area hidden. I'm sorry, what? That's like three words for the genitals. Her private pussy private area. Pussy also, area. what's a public pussy area? <laughs> and also, what's area? How much, how much land does that cover? A private pussy area. That could be from knee to hip. Belinda leaned back on the white leather seat and started to gently sweat. Erotic. Oh. Nothing sexier than a sweaty lady. After a further ten minutes of questioning, the MD got up and walked around to Belinda. He gently pulled her stockings down to her ankles. He removed her bright red high heels and stuffed the stockings inside them. Oh my God. They were placed under the coat rack by the interviewer. Belinda was now feeling exposed. Because her socks have gone. (laughs) She's now exposed. Now she's exposed. She's a classy lady. (laughs) She doesn't like those calves to have a chill. Belinda was now feeling exposed. With only a bra and thong left, she thought total nakedness was not far away. (gasps) Or nakedness, as it's called. And then what? (laughs) And then what? Her skin? (laughs) (laughs) They're going to shave her head? Shave her private pussy area. Oh, my God. Well, then it would be a public pussy area. (laughs) I'm starting to gently sweat now. I don't know about anyone. (laughs) That was a HeadGum Podcast. 